0: From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Walks into the
1: name slot, gave it to Jones, right in circle, circle. Richard, he scores! Seth Jones! Feels nice. I, know I shot the puck a lot this year and hasn't gone in. You know, I just told myself, keep shooting, keep shooting. Everything you need to know about your Chicago Blackhawks.
0: Hawks win! The Blackhawks win their third game in a row. Here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden.
2: What a week! Another wild week for blackhawks nation it's uh it's been very interesting with this team. Through and through, but how about a three-game winning streak with a brand new head coach and Derek King and the Blackhawks now riding a high as they head into their first road trip since the beginning of the season? How's it going, everyone? I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live, and to my right, my good buddy and WGN TV zone Chris Bowden. How you doing? I guess
0: I just need to come in studio now. Yeah, uh, perfect record since then. It has nothing to do with the coach. It just has whether just whether I come in the studio or not. Yeah. When
2: Derek King got the job, it was just all luck. His first win, and then after week got to talk to him a little bit, calm him down and everything because, you know, he's not a humble, easygoing, down-to-earth guy not whatsoever.
0: At not at all. Not at all. He's uh He's a good dude. And so far, the results are so good. Now we get to see how this translates onto a road trip coming up. Yeah, and uh, he's actually been kind of
2: hounding the fact that uh, he's looking forward for this team to get to that road trip to just kind of ease along with the season going and guys getting to know each other a little bit more. He used some more uh, colorful uh, experiences from his road trips when he was uh playing back in the day something about you know maybe your your roommate was a slob or blew up the bathroom you had to deal with it but that's how you learn how to get to know guys i mean he he te- he says For stuff that no worse. one else does <laughs> He's he's very unique, but man, I we need him to continue with uh, with all these one liners.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. With uh, you know, they open up at Seattle, which will be an interesting experience in itself because that's mm-hmm. a uh, team that uh, everyone counts out, nothing to lose. And so far, you know, they kind of have a similar record through the early going. That then stops in Edmonton and Calgary, and those we've seen four goals allowed in the three games. Here under Derek King, things have tightened up a bit defensively, which we've been waiting for for a long time. But now we see how that translates onto the road against uh, some high-octane opponents coming up on this trip.
2: Yeah, tightened up defensively. Goaltending has been outstanding this last week as well. Uh, even with the Blackhawks' three-game winning streak, winning all those games by no more than one goal in each of those games. Two of those wins coming in overtime, one being a shootout, but still... This team has not trailed since Derek King has taken over. So those little things have been tweaked, and everyone... after never leading for the first week and a half of the season, I think, or two weeks, right? Complete extremes, <laughs> complete extremes. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Um, you know, but uh, all these players have constantly just uh, talked about the positivity that Derek. King has brought into the team. A lot of communication expertise is what these players are really happy for about Derrick King. Very transparent. Uh, Riley Stillman said he's going to call a spade a spade. He's going to keep people accountable. And so far, that team has responded to that.
0: Yeah, and it's good to see. I mean, it was a little bit of a a nail-biter the other night against Arizona. You would have uh, hoped things were, you know, they got a little bit more breathing room against an opponent like that. But that's where the Blackhawks are right now. They'll take any, any victory they can. Possibly get whether it's a 2 1 over Arizona or you know playing some of the uh, stronger teams and and like you know in the first game of Derek King's tenure, a 2-1 victory in uh, in uh, uh, overtime over Nashville, which is a team that the Blackhawks have really had difficulty facing throughout the course of the several years now. So um, they're not going to get picky. They'll, they'll take the two points, and uh, we'll see how many they uh, gather here on this four-game trip.
2: we got a fun show today. Seth Jones is going to be joining us soon. We're going to be talking about Marion Hosa getting inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. We, of course, have another Boyke's Prize Pack to give away. So, again... Uh, call in later on in the show, 312-981-7200. Tell us your favorite Marion Hosa story, or at least your favorite memory of him being on the Hawks. We'll be honoring him and again giving away that free Boykes prize pack. Seth Jones will join us after the break. You're listening to Blackhawks Live. You're on 720 WGN.
0: Kane, right point. Walks it to the deep slot.
1: Gave it to Jones. Right circle. Richard He
0: scores! Seth Jones scoring his first Blackhawk goal on a perfect setup from Patrick Kane. You knew it was going to come sometime. Hey, why not tonight? It's 2 nothing Hawks.
2: That's our own John Weideman calling Seth Jones' first goal as a Chicago Blackhawk. He was lighting up the score sheet with assists, but then Finally got that first goal, and as we welcome Seth Jones on to Blackhawks Live right now with Chris Bowden and myself, Joe Brand. Uh, Seth, I just want to let you know that John Wideman deserves an assist on that goal as well because he never wanted to talk to you during our intermission interviews with players until you got your first goal. And he said, I'm going to specifically avoid talking to him today because I have a feeling he's going to get that goal. So just want you to know that John Wideman's on your side.
1: Oh you think the uh, second apple from uh, Patty too. You can give <laughs> <laughs> me the second apple.
2: <laughs> I, I think I think we can get that squared away with the NHL. Uh Seth, thanks so much yeah. for joining us on this Monday night. Um obviously it's been a, a good vibe with the team over the past week now, but what's the uh, mentality like heading into this road trip? It seems like a lot of guys are at ease.
1: Yeah, I think um we've been playing a lot more free, a lot better. I think um we haven't been turning the puck over as much. So, you know, I think we're doing a lot more things in uh, the defensive zone that are helping us offensively play longer there. So, you know, the minds are good. We had a good practice today. We'll have a good one tomorrow. Uh, Then we'll get on the road and uh, try to get a win in Seattle. And,
0: uh, Seth, it it all seems so simple, a a new face behind the bench, a a new voice. But um, a a lot of people are wondering why. I mean, because Derek's, Derek's message isn't a whole lot different and and systematically he's not doing a whole lot of things differently than what Jeremy was. And, you know, uh, is it as simple as just sometimes needing a reset button and the face that accompanies it?
1: For sure. I think sometimes a different voice helps and, um, you know, not nothing against Jeremy. I just think we needed a, a little change and um, we didn't start the season how we wanted, but you know the change comes with the players at the end of the day, and yeah. and how we decide to play. And you can kind of see we started playing for each other. You know we're blocking more shots, doing the little things a little bit more. Um, they're helping us win. Um, and we always have to realize that we're not gonna. You know you don't win in the league by winning six five, seven five things like and scores like that. You know we we go into every game now thinking we want to win one zero. You know we want to play a defensive minded game. Uh, we want to make the other team make the mistakes. So. That message has kind of changed for us a bit, and, and I think everyone's buying in so far.
2: You talk about blocking pucks. Your teammate Calvin DeHaan had, what, four blocked shots the other day? Uh, I know you've been paired up with him a lot this year. What do you like about playing with him on the ice?
1: Uh, he's predictable. You know, I think uh, we play very well together. We read off each other well, especially in the, on the breakouts in the neutral zone. You know, we find each other good. He loves finding me with speed coming through the middle. Um, so, I like that, and then offensively, you know we just go d to d a lot and use each other, so uh we communicate well um you know we've kind of found that chemistry off the ice which in my opinion that's where it all starts as well so um I enjoy playing with him, we can only uh, get better from here i hope
0: well uh when uh, uh dur- during the off season uh there was a lot of speculation about you coming here to chicago um uh what was your initial reaction upon uh, hearing the news that uh, they were going out and fetching you and you were going to become a Chicago Blackhawk. Uh,
1: It was incredible. It was incredible. Um, Obviously, you know, the history that this organization has and, you know, playing for an original six team is is a special thing to do. Uh, Not a lot of players get to do that. And I was actually at dinner with my mom and Caleb uh, the night that happened. So my phone started blowing up mid-dinner and then I, you know, I was getting calls from the, from Stan and, Uh, and, you know, Jeremy and the Blackhawks, and uh, we ended up being on a flight that next morning to come here, and we spent that day here, uh, went to the Cubs game, um, you know, did the boat thing, did the boat boat media. So uh, it was pretty hectic, 48 hours, I must say, uh, but I loved every minute of it.
2: Something you brought up on that boat, which, again, was the most unique press conference I've ever attended. Um, something you mentioned about it was, you know, heading into this organization and uh, the big contract that you got on top of the trade. Uh, you talked about dealing with pressure and how, how that's a challenge for you, but one that you take on wholeheartedly. And you said you're, you're not much of a social media guy, but you do put pressure on yourself. How have you been handling that so far?
1: Uh, you know, it's been fine. Um, you know, I don't think social media, there's pressure when it comes to that. It's You know, you can look into it as much as you want to uh, at the end of the day, but, you know, I do video after every game. Uh, you know, I watch my shifts, um, and there's always room for improvement in every aspect. Um, you know, I do video with Brian Keene, our, uh, our video, our, our skills guy. So we'll take five game segments. We'll break them down, things I need to work on, things I did well. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely pressure i put on myself to be the best player i can be every night for the team Am I perfect absolutely not but i i, I strive to be um you know a leader on the ice and and uh to let my play do the talking
0: what's your sweet spot time of Icewise. you set the uh, nhl record a couple of years ago with that been that five overtime playoff game against the tampa bay lightning and uh you're uh you're lugging the minutes as well so far this season um does that affect you at all and do you have uh do you have a uh, you know kind of a a frame in which you know you feel most comfortable with uh your workload
1: well every game's different i think you know depending on whether we're up or down or, or up big or down big you know I'll, I'll play a few more minutes i think me and murph have really been playing a lot of minutes the past few games um so we've had to do the the proper things uh away from the rink and kind of on practice days to get ourselves back into the groove but you know i'm I'm usually floating around the the 24 to 28 minutes um some so, you know it's some games you feel better than others yeah. you know your legs feel better and you feel like you can just keep going and keep going and keep going and and, you know, in a long season, some nights your legs don't feel as good. So, uh, you know, on those nights you definitely have to manage your, your shifts more. You can't take as many chances offensively. You can't, uh, you know, jump up in the play as much. So, uh, you know, one of my numbers call. I want to go out there and, and, and do what I do best.
2: How are you liking Chicago? I know it's only been a couple of months, but what do you like about it? What do you don't like? What, what, what do you think uh, needs to be changed? <laughs>
1: Skyrim's uh, kind of always been one of my favorite cities uh, to uh, to visit, and I love the rush. Rest- I'm a restaurant a foodie, so I love all the restaurants. And uh, you know, I'm right downtown, just renting a condo this year. But uh, it's been great. I mean, the traffic's not too bad. You know, I'm kind of down here, on, you know, right on Michigan and up in Gold Coast, and um, it takes me about 15 minutes to get to United Center, which is not bad at all. I thought it'd be a little bit worse. Um, Fridays, I will say, the traffic is. Something else yeah. down here. Yep. It takes me probably thirty minutes on a Friday to get to the rink, but that's it. All the other days, it's fine, and uh, nothing I would change. You know, it snowed today for the first time. I'd probably change that, <laughs> but I need to get used to that. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, we're right here on the river off Michigan too. So uh, I think uh, I think I think we spot you right now. Uh, so do you have a roommate in that place that no. you No, you keep
1: the brother no, out. I'm alone. I kick them out. I, um, <laughs> I uh, live with them in the summer, and I think that's enough. I told him. Three, three, four months is enough, and uh, I made him get his own place. He's got a girlfriend and a dog, and um, I see him every day at the rink, so that's plenty.
0: Yeah, all those complications, you know? exactly girlfriend dog he
1: uh Mm -hmm. he
2: actually mentioned you today though talking about you know everything that uh he's been challenged with so far with having a good camp and then getting injured and not being able to get thrown right into the mix and he said you and him have uh spent a lot of time just just kind of talking and and working through some of those battles what type of advice did you have for him during all this
1: well i think to stay positive you know anytime it's an injury like like that, it was just so random um, when he got hurt in practice, and um, it's hard to, or it's easy to get away from you know the rink and kind of isolate yourself away from the guys. Uh, so obviously, I've you know been given advice to you know still come out with us, still do you know go to dinner with us, and and do things away from the rink uh, that'll keep him really engaged. You know, on the way that the locker room is, and um, you know develop relationships that you know I think. One of the biggest, you know, things about chemistry on the ice is developing it off. So that's something I really wanted him to to be a part of, especially during the season. with both both of us being new to the team,
0: growing up uh, around a a professional athlete, what are what are some of your your memories from uh, when, uh, if at all, uh, from when uh, Pops was toting around the NBA? Did you follow him around a lot?
1: Yeah, I fought him around a bit. Most of the time, most of my memories would be with the Mavericks when he went back and coached there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was about 9, 10 years old and, we'd, you know, able to go to practices and, uh, you know, go to games. And I was in the locker room after games and stuff like that, just floating around. Um, so, you know, seeing those guys, how hard they work, and you know, I think Jason Kidd was on the team and Nowinski and Jason Terry, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seeing how some of those veterans work and, and what they do every day. Um there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that the average fan doesn't see, um, you know, besides just games. So uh, it's interesting to see that, and I think it's definitely helped me, uh, you know, and Caleb in the in the process of making to the NHL.
2: You mentioned a couple of players. Who was your favorite throughout your dad's basketball career? Who did you love to just watch play? Aside, you know, from your dad and what he was doing on the court, whether playing or coaching, who did you uh, just kind of absorb?
1: Um, I, when he was coaching, I'd probably say Dirk the most. Um, probably the most influential. Just you know, the best player on the team. You know, put in the most work in every single day. Um, you know, before practice, after practice, taking free throws, taking you know jumpers. Um, and you the know, last guy in there, so he was probably the most influential for me. You know, he played Michael Jordan and uh, watched at the end of his career, so that was obviously pretty cool too. <laughs> Um, I think Michael was 40 years old, still averaging 20 points, <laughs> something like that. So, um, that was pretty cool as well.
0: So how long did the, uh, Seth Jones basketball career last?
1: Zero years. <laughs> Zero. I never Nothing. played, uh, growing up. No, never did. Um, Kayla played in middle school, I think for a year and my older brother, Justin did as well. Uh, but I never did. So, you know, I, I love playing pickup, love watching it on TV. I uh, just never uh got into it organized.
2: Well, you're already earning points with dropping Michael Jordan's name on the show set. So if you just want to roam around and uh find someone to catch a little one on one, I'm sure they'd appreciate that appreciate that too. Especially if you don't have much of experience, they feel like they can take you. Maybe that'll uh give you some more fans in the city.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not too bad at basketball. I, I love playing pickup, like I said, in the summer with Caleb. Uh, we have some pretty heated uh exchanges, I must say. It gets pretty uh gets pretty dicey on the court. Yeah,
2: really quick what, who's winning. What, what else what else do you get competitive with your brother with?
1: Everything. <laughs> Everything. Hockey. He always wants to do battle drills on the ice when we're training in the summer. So I say, All right, let's do battle drills. Yeah. And we go at it pretty good there. Um, basketball, pickleball, we got into the summer a little bit. Um he always try to beat me, and I'm always trying to beat him. So I got to prove that I'm the the big older brother, you know?
2: <laughs> right. Well, it's got to be it's great.
1: Never-ending process.
2: It's got to be great to have that competition built in a teammate, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I know he's going to bring it for sure. He's got he's got a little bit of a match streak too, where he sees fire. Um, <laughs> So I've seen that once
2: or twice. Very cool. Well, Seth, thank you so much for taking some time out of your Monday night with us. Best of luck moving forward, and uh, keep uh, keep catching some good restaurants around here. All right, maybe we'll see you at once one of these days. For sure, for sure. Thanks for
1: having me,
2: guys. Thanks, Seth. Absolutely. That's Seth Jones, number four with your Chicago Blackhawks. We've got more to get to, but first, let's send it over to the WGN Newsroom with Steve Ruxton.
1: Yeah, trust me, there wasn't uh, there wasn't easy times, but uh, I kind of learned for myself, what I'm made of, Uh, you know, those losses. That was a tough time, but uh, I learned from those losses and I tried to take my advantage if I, again, could come to the finals and uh, that's what happened. When I was in the final again, I was more prepared. I was more tougher mentally and I think that helped me to achieve another Cups.
2: Well, if you feel like you can't accomplish something after failing a couple of times, yeah. I think you got to hear Marion Hosa speak. Imagine going to the Stanley Cup Final back-to-back years, then
0: going a third year. I mean, what's going on through your head in that moment? Trying to find that right fit, that right team, and just when you thought you made it to the right team, it was Pittsburgh in... 08 and the Red Wings in 09. Yeah,
2: and especially that back-to-back years with the <laughs> right. same two teams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was Marion Hosa on, on his congratulations. acceptance speech to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes, congratulations. He's Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. Not congratulations to us. Congratulations no. to number 81, Marion Hosa, with uh, quite the hockey career, quite the Blackhawks career. Um, just last week, Patrick Kane was asked that question after a morning skate about what type of effect Marion Hosa had on the Blackhawks, on the organization, and I, I did tweet out part of the quote because I thought it was, you know, kind of kind of bold for Patrick Kane to say, and it, it did get a lot of a response on Twitter. But Kane said. Hossa was amazing for this franchise. I don't think it's any coincidence that when he retired or stopped playing hockey, that our team started to go down. Uh, Patrick then went on to talk about how Marion Hosa sat next to him in the locker room and how he got to learn so much from him just off the ice as well, something that Seth Jones, who was just kind enough to talk to us, um, mentioned too, that chemistry off the ice as much as on the ice. But man, anytime Marion Hosa's name is brought up amongst Blackhawks fans they just kind of go into this worship mode and, and the good old days of how mm-hmm. he was able to play both sides of the puck and just such a force on the ice. And it, I I almost think it's one of those things that maybe fans and, and hockey people just took a little bit for granted because they didn't know of how stellar he really was.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's really a shame. Um, I don't think he ever won. A Selkie trophy. But if there was any guy that you had to model yourself over in terms of being a complete hockey player, it was 81. I know we threw the question out there, uh, our favorite hosom moment, and I think. A lot of people are going to gravitate toward one that we expect them to, to right. say in uh, game five uh, in the first round in, in 2010 against the Nashville Predators. But my favorite host of moment was his his very first game. He wasn't even able to play for the Hawks for the first couple of months after he had signed that mega contract. And it was on one of these circus trips that, that uh, always happened this time of year around Thanksgiving where the Bulls and the Blackhawks would would head out west, and his first game as a Blackhawk was against the San Jose Sharks. I remember it, watching at a buddy's house on, uh, on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. He was finally over that shoulder surgery, and he happened to uh, score on a breakaway in his uh, first game as a Blackhawk. So uh, that was kind of a tone setter of of things to come. And even though you know, he had himself a couple of 40-goal seasons, I believe, and, you know, was always up there in the 25 to 35 range every year. Uh, those th- That didn't tell the whole story of Marion Hossa with the type of player that he was because you could put him out there against anybody and uh, feel secure. Uh, you know, uh, Joe could Joe could put him out there against an opponent's top line, and uh, he would handle things at both ends of the ice and always have the utmost trust in, in 81, and uh, that's... Yeah, all, all the Blackhawks had to do, uh, didn't have to talk about him, didn't have to say anything about him, just follow. Just follow right. and, and follow the example. See the lead and uh, that, that Marion Hossa would provide there. And uh, I think uh, that was um, an instrumental signing, and everyone was kind of scratching their heads over the length and the term of the contract, especially, you know, I think he was over 30 years old when he, when he signed that contract, if not just under, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were kind of uh, wondering – how long and how uh, much quality that that Hosa would provide but up until the very end and you know that situation with his skin condition was always hidden from us and that's kind of what made it all shocking when he had to step away from the game which was uh, very unfortunate because he still had a lot of game left in him.
2: Yeah again we're going to be giving away a Boyke's prize pack uh, after this break when we get to our la- final segment here of Blackhawks Live just Reminiscing about Marian Hosa and what maybe your favorite moment of his as a Blackhawk was, again, uh, com you can go to, use the promo code WGN, get 10% off your first order. But you bring up the word surprising because, again, his condition had gotten brought up kind of out of the blue, stunned everybody, and then all of a sudden Blackhawks fans are realizing, oh, wow we're not going to have Mm -hmm. Marion Hossa anymore. His final year with the Hawks, his final year playing hockey, was 2016-17, 38 years old. He played 73 games. He scored 26 goals. That was twice as many as the year before, with nine games more. But he hadn't scored that many since the 13-14 season. That was four seasons ago. Uh, He had 19 assists, so 45 total points. I mean, Average time on ice over almost 17 minutes a game. And that's the first time he went below 17 minutes, actually, in his entire career, except for the second year in his tenure in the NHL. But the other thing to bring up 12 year contract he signed. At the time, he had to have been 30, 31. His first year with the Hawks, he was 31 years old. And all the, whether or not there was criticism of it, is this too long? Why would you lock yourself into something like that? When he left, everyone wanted him to stay yeah, there. Everyone yeah. wanted that Marion Hosa to still be on the team. He was just team. as
0: good in that last season as he was in the in the in the first year of that contract. He and, could have kept going.
2: And players continue to say that too. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, they they just could not say enough good things about Marion Hosa. A player that um, just so unique. And again offensively defensively was able to just be a force out there I just remember him being so strong with the puck Mm -hmm. anybody that wanted to get the puck while he had it had (laughs) no chance especially against the boards it's like a monster holding a marble you know how else are you going to get the puck against Marion Hossa other than that what a
0: career he had with the Blackhawks Mm. And props to Doug Wilson as well. Yeah, uh, as he yeah. went in, uh, he went in, was inducted to today as well. And, um, you know, talk about, uh, logging time on ice. Doug Wilson was one of those guys here in the, uh, in the, uh, eighties who, uh, you know, became a fan favorite here and, uh, knew how to light the lamp with that slap shot that he had as well. If you ever talk about, you know, we, we were just on, on with Seth Jones a couple of moments ago, but if there was a power play quarterback, uh, I think you, you couldn't get, much better than, than Doug Wilson. If, if Seth Jones is that right now, uh, Doug Wilson was that to the Blackhawks in the 80s. And uh, even though he finished his career as a San Jose Shark and is now the general manager of the Sharks, and uh, there's a little bit of a rivalry there, I, I think, with uh, Doug running things over there, um, especially when the Sharks had some of the top teams during the... Uh, 2010s that the Blackhawks would battle out against. And, you know, we were just talking about Marian Hosa's first game coming in San Jose. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, Dougie Wilson, a great Blackhawk and uh, also a great general manager in the NHL right now. So we are giving away a Boyke's prize
2: pack and call in, tell us your favorite memory of Marian Hosa on the Blackhawks. Uh, You get a hat, you get some Bill Tong, an entire prize pack. And again, always be sure to check out boikies.com using the promo code WGN. 312 981 to win some free stuff. Give us a call and we'll talk about Marion Hosa when we come back. This is Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN.
0: Here at center up the near boards. Bowen puts it past the defenseman. Gravis his cut to center. to Sopel over the predator line. Right wing. Sopel now beside the net. Took it in behind. Came out to the left circle. Sopel now drops it to Chalmerson on the left half board. Hawks come to full strength. Hosa's out of the box. Gomerson put it in behind the neck of Olin. DeSobo right point. Hammers a shot. Here's also the he Hawks win! Hawks win! Marion Hobson's first Blackhawk playoff goal It's a game-winner in overtime. Hawks beat the Predators 5-4. Listen to this crowd! <laughs> ROCK in the UC. John's still uh, trying to get his voice back <laughs> from that call.
2: That was fun. Our own buddy John Weideman, he and Troy Murray on the call. Troy, we're always thinking about you too, bud. Yep. We, uh, boy, we had a blast today. You came to the United Center and uh, can't wait to see you again. But yeah, uh, those two on the call of Marion Hose's overtime game winning goal against the Nashville Predators, game five, first round of the 2010 Stanley Cup finals or Stanley Cup playoffs as the Hawks went on to win the final. Um, First Stanley Cup since 1961, but it was it was really that game that turned that series. And um, you know, I know we know a lot more things now than we have in the past about where the organization was back in 2010. But in terms of that three Cup dynasty.
0: You really don't know what it looks like if Marian Hossa doesn't score that goal in overtime. That was really the launching pad. I mean, uh, that was a nail-biting series, and even though it was only in the first round, you hear hockey players uh, talk to this day about um, surviving a first round playoff series because everything's on the table there's nothing to lose for uh you know uh, all eight teams in a, in, a, in a conference that you know are able to advance in that first round because uh um it's a nothing to lose situation and even though I don't, the Blackhawks weren't even the, the top seed, let's, let's remember, in the Western Conference. That belonged to the San Jose Sharks that season. So uh it was a two-against-seven matchup, and we know to this day what difficulties the Blackhawks, for whatever reason, have playing against the Nashville Predators. And it was even that even though they... Prevailed. And they. I don't know what the season series was like that particular year in 2010. I think the Blackhawks won most of those games during the course of the regular season. But that matchup has always been difficult for the Blackhawks, and it was hanging by a thread there in game number five uh, because if they end up losing that one, they go back to Nashville for game six, and you don't know what's going to happen. You know what? You don't know what that means for. The future in 2013 and 2015 because the Blackhawks had to blow that roster up mm-hmm. after that particular season and and, and kind of uh, remake themselves. So uh, if they don't win that game and if uh, Marion Hossa doesn't come out of the penalty box after a five-minute major at the end of regulation and uh, deliver that goal, who knows what we're talking about?
2: Yeah, Dustin Bufflin was gone after that
0: year. Antti Niemi was Andrew Ladd part of that yep. too. Sopel as yeah. well. Yeah, you know there there were there were a handful of guys that I remember being at the uh, the uh, awards ceremony in Las Vegas after that Stanley Cup run, and uh, I remember Jonathan Tate was bringing in the Stanley Cup into that awards ceremony in Las Vegas, and I left Chicago. Took the flight over there, and by the time I landed in Las Vegas, there were rumblings that Dustin Bufflin was already traded. Hmm. Um, a bunch of other guys were on their way out. I think Colin Fraser was, uh, you know, one of one of your guys you're working with in the booth was was yep. gone by the time uh, the following morning uh, happened. So uh, there was a bunch of work that that Stan Bowman needed to do to become cap compliant and uh, uh, if they don't win that Game 5 against Nashville, you wonder if they're even walking into that ceremony in Las Vegas with the Stanley Cup. Tell us your favorite
2: Marion Hossa story, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. we got one on the text line. Uh, it's either Jim from Steger or his name is Jim Steger. Hosa Tay's best two players in the NHL at that time, all in caps. Love the enthusiasm, Jim. Uh, yeah, again, this is just kind of the the common denominator with fans just salivating over Marion Hossa's Mm -hmm. hockey career. I I wanted to bring up how you just mentioned that first round. You're not quite sure what would happen. I I feel like that's um, what happened the year before when the Blackhawks eliminated the Calgary Flames, a much more experienced team. Here came this young, up-on-the-rise Hawks team. They end up knocking out Calgary and then going all the way to the Western Conference Final. Vancouver was a heavyweight those two years, too? That's Did when it? that whole rivalry started as well too. And uh yeah, I mean it's it, it's fun to reminisce on Marion Hossa's career, obviously, because it, it it's got three cups tied to it,
0: but uh but you can still play too. He really, <laughs> probably. If he really put his mind to it and he didn't have the condition that he has he still looks pretty good out there in his acceptance speech. I bet he could throw some pads on and play. Is uh, uh, maybe not as good now as as he was five years ago, but uh, be a be a pretty comp- competitive player out there.
2: I I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't want to go up against him. He's uh, he's he's got that what that stoic feature to him that that quiet confidence mm-hmm. and just um, just always an enforcer on the ice. And, and again. Players that have been talking about him recently uh, just can't have enough good things to say about Marion Hosts Again, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Give us your favorite Marion Hosts' story uh, or moment as a Blackhawk. I love the play where he caught the puck midair, dropped it, and then <laughs> scores a goal while just taking a golf hack at it before right. the puck even hit the ice. Somebody texted or, uh, tweeted that in as well. Um, again, it was just these unique things that he
0: was able to do because of his skill set. There was one sequence, I can't remember what season it was in, whether it was, oh, oh, well, he was, he was a Blackhawk at the time, so he was going up against Pavel Datsuk. So if you had a, a comp uh, on another team to Marion Hosa, it would be Pavel Datsuk. And let's keep in mind, they were teammates at one point. Yeah. These two great two-way players were teammates at one point. But, uh, I don't know if it was the 2010 season or a year or two after there was one sequence and the Blackhawks were going up against the Red Wings and Datsuk stole the puck away from Hosa, Hosa turned right around and stole the puck back away from Pavel Datsuk. So uh, it was just one of those sequences. It's kind of a snapshot uh, and and kind of a definition as to the kind of player Marion Hosa was.
2: I, I know I'm kind of backtracking here, but we had Seth Jones on with us uh, a few segments ago and got some great stuff from Seth. Uh, I, I wanted to ask him how he's so good at keeping the puck in the zone. It just seems like a trait that He has somewhat mastered, whether it's a difficult play or not, he just always seems to be in the right position, right in front of the blue line, and I feel like that's helped out the Hawks' offense so much, and especially their power play, Mm -hmm. because we talk about how good they are on special teams right now, and it's easier to be that good when you have the puck in your possession
0: so much. Size and reach. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, uh, I don't know what, what Seth is, six three six four I, I believe. And, you know, we're, we're talking about Marion Hosa with the reach that he has and the way he was able to keep uh, opponents away from the puck. That's something that, that Seth has the ability to do as well. And let's be honest, like a lot of Blackhawks, he didn't get off to a very good start here mm-hmm. in his Blackhawks career. But over the course of the last two or three weeks, um, we've seen an improvement in his play. Uh, we talked about it while the Blackhawks were off to that rough start you got to you know you got to eventually see the numbers that's on the back of their Hockey card. And, and I think we're starting to see that, uh, what is he, a six game, seven game point streak right now? Mm-hmm. And, uh, finally gets that first goal. So I think he's finally getting comfortable and finally, uh, starting to, uh, live up to that billing. It's a, it's a big billing to live up to with the type of contract that he signed and the, for the length, the term, the cost. But, uh, nevertheless, he, yeah, I think he's finally getting his legs under him and finding his game here as a Blackhawk.
2: He's been helping out offensively too, leading the team in assists, I want to say. Um, Even though with just one goal, Seth Jones finding his way on this Blackhawks team, he and the team will be taking on the Seattle Kraken on Wednesday. That puck drop is going to be at 9 o'clock. We'll have the pregame here on WGN. Drink the late coffee there, Joe, for the postgame show. It'll be a late one, but a fun one. I mean, I'm excited to see how they'll do in Seattle, and I know... um, you know We won't be there, but it'll be cool to see that arena. It'll be John Weideman and Colby Cohen on the call. Big thanks to Seth Jones for joining us. For my partner Chris Bowden, I'm Joe Brand. This has been Blackhawks Live. We'll talk to you Wednesday when the Hawks visit the Seattle Kraken. Thanks for listening.